Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 183. Because we built the city on cardboard. Thank you, Julius. You're welcome, as always. <laughs> That's good. We are revisiting a game. This is the first time I think we've ever done this. Yes, maybe? I think we're going to call this a new segment. I think we're going to call this the back to the table segment. Um, we don't really do that on this podcast, and I think we're going to be starting that where a game that we've previously reviewed, or at least one of us have pre- previously reviewed, we're going to bring it back, discuss it a bit more. Uh, if you're not familiar with it, we'll go over it a little bit and tell you if our thoughts on it have changed any, or if in this case you never had a chance to play it before we're doing it back to the table, you get a chance to learn your initial thoughts. Yep, this is pretty exciting. This is pretty exciting stuff. Hey, be, before we go back to the table, I wanted to bring up last week's episode quickly. Um, last week we did all we talked about all those um, eighteen card micro games. Since then, I got another one called um, Food Chain Island. It is such a fun little game. I really had fun playing this yesterday. A bunch. I got it in the mail yesterday. and I played like three or four times already. <laughs> Super neat little puzzle. <laughs> So we're we're gonna start getting ready for return of the eighteen card micro games. We might have to, yes. <laughs> I'll start saving those. But that that was a fun little game. Uh, I recommend it. I'll just leave it at that. All right, and back to our regularly scheduled suburbia. Yes. So we're gonna the first game that we're gonna be reviewing on a back to the table segment is gonna be suburbia. As mentioned, I actually had the opportunity to play this. I've had this in my collection all the way since we originally reviewed it. Albert, on the other hand, has not had it in this collection and has only recently been able to actually get this game to the table and try it out for the first time. So, actually, I may have had it in my collection. I just hadn't played it yet. I, I don't know if that counts. <laughs> <laughs> it's been sitting on a shelf for, for a couple of years waiting for me. Then it was in the dust Sadly. collection. It's not in your collection. Yeah, okay. <laughs> But noting that, why don't we let Albert go ahead and start by telling us um, a bit about the game, give us a nice broad overview, and then your thoughts on it. All right, well, in suburbia, you're building a little city. Um, It is a game for one to four players out of the box. I believe there's an expansion that adds a fifth player. And it is a drafting game where you're drafting different neighborhoods or buildings onto your city, which is a nice modern city with hex-shaped streets and blocks. And uh, you're laying your your city blocks on there and getting points for having things well arranged. You're basically a city planner. And movie theaters want to be near uh, residential areas and factories need to be far from residential areas and so on and so forth. So the game is about making the nicest city you can to maximize your points. Very nice. So when last we talked about, I believe we talked about the reviews and the components um since then this game has actually had quite a few expansions come out even it's had the deluxe version of suburbia come out which really the excuse me the collector's edition come out um which is super deluxe in my opinion i do not have the collector's edition although you know it'd be nice to have i don't have that um but i assume that you're playing also on the original edition is that correct yep it's the original edition Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was a collector's edition, actually. I, that's pretty neat. There is a collector's edition. They redid a lot of the tile design, um, made it much more vibrant and clear, uh, gave more plastic bits for holding the trays and distributing. The hex tiles got bigger and thicker. 
You have mm. more city-based things. I believe that each side has a flip side, has some nightlife tiles as well. Uh, it's a much bigger box. It's it's, it's all in all mm. extremely deluxe. Okay. But for today, since the one we both have is just the regular old Suburbia, I'm mostly going to be focusing on that because even though I know more about the Suburbia De- Collector's Edition, I keep calling it Deluxe, the Suburbia Collector's Edition, I don't own a copy and I've only ever been able to see a sealed copy at the store. I've never actually been able to play with that version. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's you said it's a bigger box, so who wants that? <laughs> Especially for that cost, I, I, I yeah, it my my uh, regular size box fits nicely on my shelf right on top of the castles of Mad King Ludwig, and and I'm happy because it fits. I suppose so. There, <laughs> so yeah, um, are we we're not going to talk too much about the mechanics, I guess, because we've done that before. Or no, why don't we kind of get talk? We're refresh talking our memories on that. Yeah, go for it. Okay, well. Um, I mentioned Castles of Mad King Ludwig. If you're familiar with that game, the, the two are pretty similar, I think. Um, in it, there's going to be a number of tiles out on the board each turn, and players are drafting the tiles. And they're arranged in order, and the the farther along the track the tiles are, the cheaper they are. So if it if it's a useful tile, it behooves you to buy one towards the right. If not, you got to pay more for, for a more expensive one that might be even more useful for you based on what you have. Um, both games have that same function. The The tiles are different in the two games, right? We, we said this is hex tiles, but they also work similarly in that the tiles, as you place them, you score them based on what's around them and sometimes just what tiles you have on the board. And each type of tile you place is scored a little differently. Um, and that's similar in both types, both games. So, yeah, each turn... and. Really, the solo game and the multiplayer game are not that different, though there are two solo games. Well, there's two solo games, but yes. Um, Two solo games, yes. But so so describing this, I think I'll just go back and forth between the two, generally speaking. Um, You know, each turn, there's going to be a number of tiles on the board. The player or players will buy whatever tile they want and place it on their burrow, their their personal tableau. and when the turn is done, all the tiles that are still on the board are shifted to the right, and new tiles are added at the end. The There's no restrictions on placement other than the tile has to touch an existing tile on your board, in, in your burrow. Other than that, you're free to put it wherever you want, but, but there's restrictions because you're trying to get the most points you can, and that's affected by where you place your tile. So yeah. What else, what else is there about this game that we want to say? Why don't I give some of my thoughts on how I think the gameplay works? Um, a lot of this is just going to be reviewing some of the things we said last time, but you know, just going a bit more into details about how it still feels. Um, much of the game involves building those tiles and being able to use them to sort of build an engine between the different tiles that you've already collected. So, for example, if you're grabbing airport type tiles you want to continue grabbing airport type tiles so it still feels um pretty economic as you're doing it and very spatially the the spatial placement involved really has a lot to do with it um it's 
easy to be able to, excuse me, it's easy to get confused about everything that you have on your board because it is a fair amount of small tiles mm-hmm. and you have stuff that, that is sort of in play all over the place. And so, for example, the most common example is going to be airports because all of the airports will tie into what all of the different players are doing in addition to just yours. So if you put out an airport, you may be thinking that it's giving you a benefit, but you actually may be setting someone else up for an even bigger benefit. Similarly, there's some common ones that, for example, a fancy restaurant. A fancy restaurant gives you a big benefit when you put it out, but other players can reduce the amount of benefit that you get from it uh, by putting out their own restaurants and stealing away and stealing away your customers, which causes the amount of income you get from the restaurant to be slowly reduced. So there's a lot of interaction ah. that's going on between the different tiles, and you sort of have all to these be all these things make sense thematically too. They do all make sense thematically. Yes, mm-hmm. it's more mechanically. I'm talking that you have to be very aware of it when. You're in the middle of the game, though. It's kind of hard to be aware of that, at least for this version of the game, without extra bling and components, because really all the tiles are just going to be green, yellow, or blue, um, which are the the park ones, the residential ones, the business ones, and there's also gray for government ones. And so everything has a very present color scheme between one of those three things one of those four things and that's what your board is just going to sort of look like as a patchwork of those different colors and i definitely think the graphic design to a certain degree has not aged well there are other games that have worked a lot better on being able to have the colors be implemented better from the graphic design and i do think this is something that is clearer even for how they handled it in the um in the deluxe version because for this version all the buildings are green blue gray or yellow tinted for the deluxe version the buildings look like actual buildings they don't just look like blue blobs which helps the game actually start to look more like a cohesive city as opposed to just sort of green yellow blue blobs and i think this is something that sort of is one of the easiest thing to complain about is just the the presence of it just being green yellow and blue mm-hmm. now the tiles they do have pictures of building but they're they're so nondescript and similar i forget that they're actually different yeah right? <laughs> which is, which is so strange it's just it's not it's not amazing arts in terms of that level of the components it's um, functional is what it is and barely. it's very functional it just doesn't it doesn't blow you away and i think that you know, for the best part, they have sort of learned and refined that as they've done the deluxe version of the game. Um, another comment about the game is that I do enjoy still the aspects of the city building that goes into this. Um, I don't really know of another game that really gives that same sort of Sim City type feeling to the game where you're building up the city and having everything tie into it and putting this piece down here and seeing how all of it interacts from one to the other. All of that is very fun. And I still really enjoy that to still, this is a game that's on in my collection. I just haven't pulled it out in a while. Um, And I don't know that I really have felt the need to pull it out in a while. I think that probably this one might even have been replaced by, um, Manhattan Project Energy Empire, 
to a certain degree. And I know they're completely different games, but commonly when I'm thinking of one, I'll go for that one instead of this one. Mm-hmm. And it may be because of just the better components. I'm not quite sure. There isn't really another game that has that SimCity feeling, which is why this one's still hanging around. And I still enjoy that SimCity feeling, but more just the fact that it's got all these little pieces that you have to keep track. And this one affects that. And then you have another piece all the way in someone else's burrow that can make it hard, hard to keep track of all the little pieces that are running around during the game. Now, when you're playing with lower player counts, I think that problem is much more reduced because with a lower player count, you're either playing in, in lower player counts. Let's let's talk about two players for now before we move on to the solo versions. When you're playing with lower player counts, there's less to keep track of. There's less buildings on the board. And it's a lot easier to keep track of all those different pieces and sort of analyze and assess your board. And I think that probably makes the game a bit more... Uh, fun and easy to be able to handle, I think. Even if it means that there is the negative side that some of the board, some of the tiles you may be wanting aren't going to pop up at that point in time. Mm-hmm. Now, it's interesting you compared it to, to Manhattan, the Energy Project. Um, I have no experience with that one, but I, I have played uh, Castles of Mad King Ludwig a bunch, and I find it very similar to that. That's what I would compare it to. And, and in terms of one replacing the other... I, I think I didn't care for Castles of Mad King much for solo play, but this one I found worked really works really well that way. Very satisfied. Um, but for multiplayer, I prefer the other one because, well, because it's more fun to build a castle than it is to build a city. <laughs> and I, I think part of that is because the look of the game, the castle tiles just look so much cooler and you put in all these rooms with funny different shapes and all that. And these, like you said before, they're all very similar hexes. They're so not right. Right. I think that, again, that's something that this game was created, released before Castles of Mad King Ludwig. And again, I still mm-hmm. think that's just something about the graphic design that they simply learned about and iterated further on as they created that game. And with your mention about multiplayer versus solo, I do think that this game has helped out in solo. I think that this is more fun in solo than a multiplayer because it's a lot easier to keep track of just one board than have to also realize what other people's boards look like. Mm-hmm. It's already a lot of work to do one board, I find, personally. I, I haven't played a lot, but I'm pretty sure quite a few times I have missed things like scoring a certain tower or something. Like, you know, there'll be tiles that say, get $2 for every yellow tile you play after this. Every yellow tile you play, period. Well, if mm-hmm. if I haven't played a yellow tile in a while, I may forget, and as I scan my board, I may not see that tile, so I don't score it. That, that can be kind of frustrating. It's, just a, it's a lot of bookkeeping. It is. Let's talk about the differences that come up in the solo gameplay. Okay. So Albert's played so far just the first solo game, which they call the Lone Architect. Mm-hmm. And in that game, you are literally just playing your own game and you are removing another tile as if another player picked it. So you just get to pick someone else's tile uh, and remove it from the game. Um, normally in the main game, every time you pass through a red line, which are these markings as you start to accelerate your engine, you have to lose income and reputation, which income is how much money you have and reputation is how many essentially victory points you have. So when you're playing solo, you have to lose twice as much. And that's really it. It's very simple. There's no other boards around. There's no other interaction. It, to a certain degree, does... I mean, you 
you feel very much like a solo game. It has none of the interactions that any of the multiplayer games have. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's it's pretty simple version, right? It, it lacks it. It also lacks the uh, the go tiles or whatever they're called. Um, yes, but but again, I've already found the game. You know, there's enough mathiness in it that I found that kept me pretty entertained, which is interesting. So I find it strange. I think it does have the gold tiles. No, the lone architect. You don't use those at all. You only introduce those when you when you play against Dale the bot. I disagree with you, Albert, but we can take that up after <laughs> after we're no longer on air. Well, that could that could explain why my score is so low. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure you set up the game just like in two players and you include the solo tile, the, the goal for two players. Okay. So this should have two goals on the game. Okay. I'll double check the rules next time I play. Anyway, I think the difference you're thinking is that when you have Dale the bot, you actually get an extra random, an extra random goal. Okay. Anyway, the other version of the solo game is you play against... I hesitate to call it an automa. We'll just call it a bot. Um, you have to play against a bot. And when you're playing against the bot, the, essentially what the way the bot works is you have to pick a tile for the bot. Um, and Dale is, you, you have to figure out where the best place for the bot to place its tile is and then put it there. And you have to continue to play. You have to continue to play against the bot. Um, so you're building two burrows this way, right? You're having to build two burrows, and you're having to actually keep track of and think about someone else's burrow the whole time. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I hate to say that I hate this version, but I hate this version. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like... We, we talk so often about what a good Automa does for a game. And one of the most important things for Automa to do for the game is to make playing the Automa's turns seamless and to reduce all of the stuff that another player would do so that the only thing that you have to program or calculate is the stuff that another player would affect you. So having to go calculate out how to do the other player's board and where things should go, like you're literally having to play a two-player game, just about. And I don't want to have to do that. I don't want to have to play somebody else's game. Like I'd rather just play two-handed and, and the fight between left hand and right about when I'm playing the game. And what made this even worse is that shortly after we did this, um, the app version of Suburbia came out. At which point in time, instead of facing off against an app that you a, a bot that you have to think about, you can just play the app game and play <laughs> against a bot that you don't have to think about. That sounds much easier. much easier because then it'll just take your turns for you that really was the nail in the coffin for never wanting to have to play as a bot i see gosh okay well yeah yeah you're not selling it very well (laughs) not that you're trying but it is interesting so i could play against two dale the bots right this if i wanted to like torture myself i could play a three or four player game against multiple bots i um I mean, you'd have to modify some of the rules. Okay. You'd have to modify some of the rules to do that. Because part of the restrictions that they do for the Dale the Bot game are they they change how goals work and how the market works. There's less stuff in the market. Um, okay. But, yeah, I guess. Okay. I, I was just curious I don't if it would know be why. possible to, to get a full game experience with four. Yeah, I don't know. 
but like you said, for, for that, just play a four-player solo game or something. If that's what you just play four-handed. Yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> right. You're just right. play four-handed. Just stand up and walk around the table every time you're done with your turn. <laughs> I did that once for a game. <laughs> I played a combat commander solo, and every time I played, I'd get up and go to the other side of the table. My wife thought it was the funniest thing. Yeah, but I've done. You kind of had to in that one game too. Yeah, I've done it before when I'm learning games, <laughs> like Cerebria, for example. Yeah, it it makes it easier sometimes. Yeah, especially I, for I, a big big game. <laughs> Gosh, okay. So, so I, I'm surprised you don't like the game against Still the Bot because at first you, I thought you were telling me that the the full game is so much better than the Lone Architect. The Yes, the multiplayer game is better than playing okay. against Del the Bot. The, multi- <laughs> the multiplayer okay. game is when I I I would rather play gotcha. if I'm in the mood for it. I would rather play just straight two handed than play either Lone Architect or Dale the Bot because again, the reason why I'm enjoying playing this gotcha. game is for that SimCity experience. If there were another game that would give me that SimCity experience, I would just. Do, I, I would honestly play that game instead. This game is still a very good SimCity experience. You're still getting to build a city, have a lot of interaction between the different parts of the city, and enjoy that version of the game. So yes, mm-hmm. I, I do enjoy having more interaction between different tiles and different things. It just comes with the caveat that A, that's more stuff that you have to keep track of, which I definitely can understand how that could be off-putting, and B, you are essentially have to play against yourself. There's not another automa. There's not another board that you're having to, to play against. So, yeah, I think that when normally I would play, I would actually play the solo game Lone Architect two-handed. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Okay. I guess you could do that, yeah. Yeah, which is what I would tend to do is I would literally set it up set it up as a two-player game with enough goals for both of them. Um and in and moving past red lines is still minus 2 and plus 2, but I'm having to face off between one and the other. Mhm. Gotcha, okay. Now, th- th- there's one big issue I had with this game is that the keeping the track of the score and the the resources and, and the money it's a bit fiddly um especially with a cat in the house because <laughs> those explain those, how so those cubes just get knocked around real easily on the board and and if they get moved there's no way to know where it was before right unless you just remember where it was and that happened the other day i was playing and it wasn't even the cat's fault that time i think i i accidentally hit the the cubes with my hand and just brushed it off somewhere and I put it back, and I, I may have given myself a couple extra resources or taken a couple. I'm not sure. All I could do at that point was just go with it and you know hope I was right. And I found that a little bit frustrating that you know a simple little bump just basically changed the game. I can understand you. I suppose I haven't really had that problem. But again, this is a game that was released before really we saw a lot of dual-level boards. Even though I don't yep. even see how you would be able to do a dual level board because of that. I guess you can't have it on your player board, but yeah. yes, I can certainly understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And the issue is really mainly the player board. I think the, it could also affect the scoreboard. That one, that one I'm less concerned because it's farther away from me than, than the player board. 
But I don't think it's one that's fiddly. It's just very bump susceptible. I think it's actually relatively easy. Yeah. As long as you don't have someone coming over and bumping your table, I actually think that it's relatively easy to run that particular part. That tends to be pretty easy. You just mm-hmm. get money, money wherever the circle is at and people yes. wherever the square is at. And, and you got to be precise about where you put it because a couple of times I put it and I came back and I said, that's not quite centered. It's almost between the two. But that I problem gets work. a lot worse if you're playing two-handed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it's a lot. E- it's very easy to forget. Wait, which one was at three? Was it? Yeah. Oh gosh, that's or or even playing solo, I forget. Wait, did did I score the money yet or no? I d- I don't know if I did. That happened, like, you know, particularly if I walked away. And for some reason, I find that to be a bigger issue in this game than in other games. It just I don't know more more bookkeeping. It feels like it because honestly, it's not a lot of bookkeeping. It really isn't. Maybe it's just me, but it sure feels like it's it, there's more bookkeeping and it's easy to mess it up. I think it could be that you're feeling that as the after effects of all the bookkeeping that go into it, because there's a lot of bookkeeping. Every time you put down a tile, and granted, like there's the list of how you do it. You have to first do the effects of the tile, then do the effects of neighboring tiles. Then you look at effects of all tiles in your neighborhood and effects of all tiles and all and across the whole board. So sort of you're, you're broadcasting out but you have to be aware of that and calculate that for each tile. So it could be that like your brain is already feeling, Oh, I've Mm. just had to do all of the math and figure it all out. So you might be right. Yeah. That, that might be, that might be just what it is. (laughs) It, I mean, it's it's a very mathy game. That's for sure. It's not hard math. It's just a lot of, a lot of little math everywhere, which I honestly, I appreciate in a game. So I'm okay with that. I just, Having a, you, know, you like having math? Something to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Math is good. I will point out, by the way, there is very little randomness to the game. Just the, the order of the tiles, right? In the solo game, you're only using about half the tiles. Sometimes you'll see the ones that fit into your stuff, and sometimes you won't. But even then, there's a fair number of copies of each individual one. And in solo, it's more controllable about which ones it is that you're going to put out, especially if you're playing just one hand alone architect, you'll see, you'll have complete control over which ones you see of that half. So you're generally going to get at one point in time, the type of things that you want, but there's no other randomness about if people are going to move or if there's a random event that I don't know is going to do a tornado in your city or anything like that. I will say that I've, the times I've played, the first time I played, I saw the waterfront properties that was really nice, and I haven't seen that again at all. <laughs> <laughs> and the I have the there's an expansion for it, the um, the cons. I have that, which has like Kubla Khan and Gen Khan and, and uh, Dice Tower Khan, etc. And th- they're sort of like the airports; they work really nicely together. And I kept getting them. And only one would ever show up. And finally, I said, I'm not going to waste my time with them. And they all showed up that game. <laughs> so, hmm. so the, I don't know. There's there's a bit of randomness sometimes, I guess, for me. So my, my copy is more random than yours. That's what it is. I, that's <laughs> kind, of, kind of unexpected, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I guess I kind of disagree. It can't be pretty random. I mean, it may not be as random as a full game. I, I totally get what you're saying, but... But there is definitely randomness in what shows up. You don't have as full control, which is nice, honestly. It makes the game more replayable and a little more tactile, tactical, too, because at, you know you have seven tiles that are visible. I think it's seven. And there's yeah, 15 in the deck, right? 
So you don't necessarily know what's going to come up later. Right? Because only half the deck is there. Only half the tiles yes. actually are going to show up. So so you don't know what's going to come out. And and you kind of got to build on what you hope will come out, which is which is neat. And there are two um, expansions for it. Mm-hmm. Um, for just the base one, not including the deluxe edition, uh, collector's edition. Um, that one includes the expansions, doesn't it? It does include the expansions, okay. but it's Suburbia Five Star and Suburbia Inc., um, which will add more tiles. And so I think that does, to a certain degree, increase the amount of randomness about what's going to be coming out because there's even less a chance that the tile you need to tie into these other ones will come out. Again, like I mentioned, the airport strategy, if you're throwing in even just one of those expansions, your chance of getting an airport once you grab the first one continue to get more and more reduced. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right, you're doubling the size of the pool. Your odds of getting any specific tower are you know, cut in half. Though the, I've the never expansion, actually been a fan of the expansions. No, the expansions do say you know you could throw it all in there, or or for each tile you add from the expansion, you could take a, a base tile out of it, you know, or a type for each type you add, remove <laughs> another whole type, and that that I've will kind of keep there. the same level of mix. But that's a lot of work. It is. I've never been a fan of the expansions. I've never even wanted to get them. Okay. I have the the first expansion. I, I think it's the first one. The um, five star Suburb- no suburbia ink. Yeah, that that's one. the first. But one. I haven't used it yet. But it's neat because it has these large tiles. They could end. Mm-hmm. They're sort of like the the top burrow that basically the borders. Yeah, it's a border, and and you can put them in all sorts of ways, and they act like a regular tile, and they have special effects and inter- interesting scoring mechanics. But. I haven't gotten to a point where where I want to try them out yet. I'm still enjoying just the base game. Um, and I think it says it's a modular expansion, but I don't know that I really believe that because it said it's modular. But if you're not using this not module, really. then take out <laughs> half of the rest of the modules. Yeah. So, okay. So it's not modular, and and I, my understanding is that five star is not as good for solo play, though I don't know, or maybe in general, I'm not sure why. That was just me reading and you know loud commenters. So, Albert, I think we're up to final thoughts. Have you any final thoughts for us on this game? Uh, yeah, I like this game. I, I find it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it. I, it's it's complicated, but it's also really quick, right? Solo, you could play it within, in half an hour or less. Um, mm-hmm. so, I, so I like that a lot. So I'm very happy with it. And I echo that. I, I am en- happy with it. I do enjoy it. I think that some of that enjoyment has been tarnished and diminished as I've continued to own the game. It doesn't come out very often. So I think I enjoy it less now than when I originally got it. And I definitely enjoy it less now that it's come out with the collector's edition. Uh, I think the fact that the collector's <laughs> edition exists makes me want to neither keep Suburbia in my collection nor buy the collector's edition. <laughs> to tell you the honest oh, that's truth. funny. <laughs> it soured you on it. I, I could see that. I've had that happen. Yeah. But I do keep it because, again, I do think that this is probably the best city builder game that I'm aware of. And until I'm more convinced that that's not true, I'm going to be keeping it in my collection. So I still do enjoy it. I still think that probably the best way to play, in my opinion, is play two-handed if you're playing solo or just play a multiplayer game or honestly just play on the app um but yeah i still think that it's a decent game well thank you for for uh suggesting that we talk about this game again because because i really enjoy playing it 
My pleasure, Albert. I think that was the first of our Back to the Table. Expect to be hearing more of us or let us know if there's a particular game that you'd like us to return to for another thought at. Have a good night, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.